You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Thank you, Andrew. Good morning again, everyone. Um, we have been in an amazing journey for uh, a number of weeks. And uh, when David and I were seeking the Lord about the new year and entering into it, um, we honestly did not expect uh, to be where we are today. I don't know what we actually did expect, but we weren't exactly thinking we would be where we are today. And that, that we would be able to recognize such a significance of God's hand at work uh, in the body of, of Christ and Life Church. Um, we expected God to do something. We, uh, we prayed for God to do something. Uh, and in the process of that, um, we were obviously trying to figure out what that might be. And uh, it seems that God has, uh, has heard our prayers um, and he has answered out of his will and his plan. And uh, I have found over the years, many, many times, that what God does and what I think he's going to do look very different as things unfold. But I'm very thrilled with where God is taking us as a church. And I'm very thrilled about the good things that God has been doing since we embarked on this 21 days of prayer and fasting and, uh, and the intent of responding to God out of that. Uh, so today I want to I sort of um, wrap the 21-day event and the, the subsequent meeting uh, up a little bit and, and realize, though, that in doing that, that that's not like, well, we're putting that to rest or we're putting that to bed, but that we are beginning the process of application, that we're actually going to be doing the things that God has been speaking to us as a body to do. Um, so this morning, I want to talk to you, take you back into Nehemiah. This is where we camped during this 21 days. We went into the book of Nehemiah, uh, and we started talking about God uh, building. Uh, the, we started to look at Nehemiah and his brokenness over the condition of his people and, and the city of Jerusalem, the center of worship. Uh, we talked a little bit about historically what brought uh, the Israelites to where they were in this predicament uh, at this time. Um, and, and we talked about Nehemiah's intent on doing something to make a difference. And I think that's where we find ourselves, folks, as Life Church. And if you are a visitor today, I hope you will listen as equally intently as I would want a lifer to, to listen to this morning because I think there's some wonderful applications for all of us here, not just for Life Church. But for Life Church in particular, I want to kind of assess where we are and what we need to do as we are moving forward. Um, Nathan alluded to it in the worship service of all these things that came to us uh, through our, our meeting time. And our meeting time was very, very good, by the way. I want, I want you all to understand that I was extremely, extremely pleased with just the goodness of God in all the things that were brought out, uh, all the things we got to talk about and dialogue about, and just the sense of God has his hand on Life Church, and he is intent on bringing some direction to this church, uh, moving us forward. Uh, when God begins to move like that, we have a great responsibility to not only try to understand where he's going, uh, but to get on board with him. Uh, it's, it's very, very important that we as a church are not... Uh, living out of our own agendas and our own preferences and our own desires and that we're always looking to, to get our way or what we want or what we think God might would like to do. It's, it's not good for us to have our own personal ambitions and that they override uh, all that God is trying to do, things like that. That is not a good place. That is not a healthy place. That is actually a sinful place. And God wants us as His people to come along with Him, to get on board with what He is doing. And that is what we are attempting to find out in Life Church. What is it that God is actually up to? And how do we come along with that? How do we, we get on board with God as we do that? And so came the process of 21 days of seeking God, of praying and fasting. Many of you took on a variety of forms of fasting over, over that period of time. Uh, you did some very unique and creative things. Um, some of you stayed with food. Some of you uh, got rid of social media or television or those kinds of things. Uh, some of you fasted things like soft furniture and you slept on the floor for 21 days. God bless all of you who did that. I was not one of you, okay? Uh, maybe God will deal with me to do that at some point, but uh, you are saintly people um, to, to do that. Um, but 
wherever you were, you did as God led you to do. But the amazing thing is that God met you where you were. God met you in your fast. God met you in your obedience. God met you in that place that you and he decided was the place that you would meet him, that you would encounter him. And I believe that God spoke very real to, to, to all of us in, in, in various ways. And now is the, the work of sort of like sifting through all of that and coming up with this plan for, for Life Church to go forward. But there were a couple of things that Nathan alluded to this morning that he and I had talked about uh, yesterday and others have talked about right from the very onset. Uh, And those two themes that came out quite often for us personally was a recognition of the holiness of God and an understanding of the humility that we need to approach God in His holiness. And the humility to say that, you know what? We cannot make ourselves holy. It is impossible for us to work out holiness. All right? Uh, God may require actions on our part to become holy, but we cannot do works that will make us holy. All right? That is the gift of God. And so we saw a very significant work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, individually uh, as well as corporately. And the individual work oftentimes was God pointing out, in particular, sin issues in our lives and other struggles that we may have been in and uh, historical things in our families that were affecting us, our decision-making and, and, and choices and things, you know. Uh, so there was, a, there was a lot of internal work that God was doing. But I think God was continually trying to bring us all uh, to the place of being able to put our hope in God, all right? So that was one of the first things I think God was speaking sort of in a corporate sense, even though he was doing it on an individual basis, is put your hope in me. And and the other thing that I think was there was the the power of faith, to to, to be faith-filled people and see the hand of God move. And then the third thing was to focus on the goodness of God, not on the circumstance we found ourselves in or the issue we found ourselves dealing with or struggling with. Okay? So these are, these are things that I think God was doing in all of us on a, on a sort of an individual basis with the intent of helping us to be able to come together corporately so that we could look at what God might want to do um, for Life Church having influence within the community and beyond. So in a sense, I believe that God was in some way reviving us. I believe that God was renewing us and restoring us and reviving us, if you will, okay? Um, that, that idea of reviving or, you know, some people use the term revival and some of you who are old school church remember revivals of old and they were gatherings and we worshiped and we repented and we prayed and we sought God and, 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 and strong preaching was preached and, and uh, lives were, were changed and we called it a revival meeting. So it was more of a noun. Uh, but we're talking about revive here in, in the sense of, of a verb and, and in the sense of what God might be doing in, in the sense of reviving our spirit. All right. God is working internally in us to revive us. And obviously, as we are revived, the church is revived. All right. So what happens to us individually affects corporately what happens to all of us together. Um, and so this is what we're talking about. We're talking about really a renewal of interest. And that's what revival is. It's, it's, if, if you look up meanings of the word revival, you'll find things like renewal of interest. You'll find things like process of reviving or a, a process of getting revived. Uh, renewal of interest in a particular area. Uh, reestablishing validity. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting meaning of being revived or revival. It's, it's, it's just reestablishing validity. So it, it's the idea that, that there is some sense of energy that has sparked or ignited and something is happening and it's, it's energizing the individual or a group of people like Life Church. Uh, to a place of renewing some of their passion, uh, their interest, their focus, their, their direction, those kinds of things. So in that sense, yes, God is reviving life church. 
Um, we went into this seeking for direction, and I believe God's saying, I'm going to revive you. I'm going, I'm going to renew some things in some of you. And a number of you have spoken to me, or David, about this, and, and that is where you have articulated the work of God, is I have a, a renewed sense of, of, of direction. I have, I have more passion than I had for a while. Pastor, I've, I've just been dead. Some of you use those kinds of terms. I've been dead. Y- Yvette shared her very transparently shared her testimony with you uh, and, and the conviction she felt was that she had lost her first love uh, uh, and, and, and is regaining that love now through the power of prayer and fasting. So it's a great work that God is doing here in reviving Life Church. Now we have to sort of lay that out and understand that maybe a little bit better. But here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Uh, because a number of you were at this meeting yesterday where we talked and, and we brainstormed and we strategized and, and all of that. Uh, and it was a very, very powerful time. But a number of you were not there. And this is not a one was right and one was wrong. Some of you had other commitments. You couldn't make it um, for whatever reason. There, we have people who are uninformed and people who are informed of this. Okay, And so one of my goals over the next few days or weeks is to get all of you who were not informed very informed. Okay. Um, so if you will allow me to, I want to kind of knock on your back door, so to speak, and, and, and help you to get informed of what God has been speaking through our process uh, of the 21 days of prayer and fasting and the gathering together, all right? But here's what, here's what happened yesterday, in a sense, if I can use a parallel uh, to Nehemiah, and that is that we became willing to inspect our walls or the lack thereof. We became willing to look at, at our gates, those entry places, if you will, uh, for the life of life church, all right? We were able to begin to acknowledge what was broken, all right? Uh, and and to, to, to move from places maybe where we were a bit apathetic or a bit comfortable or a bit easy to a place of greater inspiration uh, that hopefully will energize us and mobilize us, all right? I'm going to tell you what, and you, and you think about this for your, in your own life, in your own past experience. Have you ever had anyone come up to you and they're just, they're ready to do something and they're just excited about doing it and it's going to take a lot of energy and effort and you're, you're just not energized and you, maybe you're, you're, you're close to burnout or maybe you've just been so busy and maybe you've been longing for a place of just resting for a little bit and this person comes up to you and, and, and it's just like, it's, 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 you just want to hit them. You know, it's like, you don't understand where I'm at. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what my life has entailed. And, and, and that's, but they're excited. They're, they're happy. They, they are, are so energized. But because you have not yet been inspired in such a way, it's just not in you. You know, you're just listening and you're just going, like, you are crazy. This is ridiculous. I, no, there's no way I'm going to jump on this with you. I don't, ha- I don't have it. I, don't, I ain't got it. Well, I think God is giving it to us. God is bringing new inspiration, new insight, new revelation to Life Church. And He's allowing us to be revived. But there's a reason for that. It isn't so that you can just come to church on Sunday morning and enjoy brand new worship songs that have just been written through the Holy Spirit's work and go, yeah, this is good. I like this. This feels good. This feels good. This feels really, really good. And then walk out just feeling good. We're revived for purpose. Revival is to mobilize us. Revival is to get us in a place where we begin to strategically position ourselves to be used by God. And this is the whole life, if you will, of Nehemiah here. And so I want to, I like, talk about, about three things here this morning. The first one I want to talk about is the idea of inspection. Inspection. To inspect is, is to look at something critically, all right? It is to review, to examine, to scrutinize, to study. Uh, you, 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 you give something the once-over, you know? You just you, you take it and you look at it, all right? 
Some of you, you do that with your car. You know, every once in a while, you just take your car and you just start it and you listen and you open the hood and you look around and you just give it the once over. Some of you do that with your life plan. Some of you do it with your career. Sometimes your, the company you work for may do it with you and call it a, an annual review. All right. It's where so there's there's strengths and weaknesses examined and looked at and, and, and there's a, a consensus that, that you're drawn to with your employer and yourself to decide this is where I am, this is where I want to get to, or this is where I need to be. Here's the strategies to get me there, and, and you work together to do that. It says here that Nehemiah by this point has has obviously you know gotten to Jerusalem after Uh, three days of of rest. Verse 12 states that Nehemiah arose at night and with a few trusted companions he inspected the wall. Um, He did this inspection quietly. Um, He didn't let anyone apparently know what God had put in his heart yet at this point. Uh, He's just, he's looking around. He's trying to see what it, what it was all about. And you know what? I think that honestly some of you were very careful when you wrote your synopsis uh, you were very careful when you talked to myself or Pastor Dave over that 21-day period. Now, one reason is because you were dealing with, with some personal issues all the way through the 21 days. But when it came to talking about Life Church and its future, I think many of us were a bit guarded. I think we were very careful. You know, we didn't really give our whole heart and say really all the things that we think about Life Church and where it should go or where it, it shouldn't go and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but, but you were willing to come in here and bring, I think, some very significant things to the table. And so a lot of you, your, your inspection time of Life Church, your, your thought process of Life Church was quiet. All right, it was quiet. It maybe was a bit guarded. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a very good thing, all right? Uh, there's some things that, that you're still holding, that you're still working with, and they're still brewing inside of you, and that is good as well. Timing is very important in the kingdom of God. And so you didn't just throw everything out there, but I think you, I think you under the, 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 the leading of the Holy Spirit, you brought some really, really wonderful things. Now, in, in Nehemiah's case, I understand his, his secrecy, if you will. Uh, there were probably people who, who didn't want the walls to be built. And there's probably people who didn't want to build the walls themselves, all right? And so opponents are always out there somewhere, all right? And they have the ability sometimes to find out a plan are, are to get hold of a plan before uh, it, it's really, really uh, announced or whatever and bring opposition against that, okay? And, um, and, and there can be enemies from within, not as well, not just from without, okay? Um, and there are some people who maybe they don't want to, to move. They don't want to change. They don't want things to be different than the way they are. And that could be because of some selfish reasoning or purpose or whatever. Or they could just be someone who is the adversary of what is happening or what is taking place. Um, I honestly don't see a lot of adversarial things out there uh, that, that are coming against Life Church in this season. Um, our city uh, supports us. Uh, they appreciate our presence in our neighborhood. Uh, they enjoy having us here. Uh, police officers, when they come by, uh, if we chat with them. They're always saying, thank you for being here and thank you for, for this or, or for that. Uh, one of the key things that came up as something you all want to do, and it sounds like it's very soon you want it done, we're going to try to make that happen, is you want a lot of lights outside this building. And uh, I realize that because at night it is quite dark around here. Let me tell you, uh, this is a spooky place sometimes, okay, even inside. Um, so, so getting lights is, is, is a great idea. When you were talking about that yesterday, my mind went to several of the police officers who have stopped by here and talked to us on occasions. And, and I guarantee you they're going to stop by when we light this place up uh, and we're going to do that. They're going to be so appreciative of what we have done and see it as a wonderful benefit to the neighborhood that we have put a lot of lighting outside of the Life Church facility. And we want, we want that sort of relationship with those around us. So I don't think we're adversarial within our community. I think we're quite an asset to the community and in particular the neighborhood. All right. So I, I think we have, a, we have a wonderful opportunity here of going forward without, without a lot of outside opposition in that respect. But the enemy can still come in like a flood. The enemy can still work. And sometimes the enemy works from within 
not from without. And so we can, we can find adversarial spirits at work against us from within the context of, of the body of Christ. Our desire for our own comfort uh, can, can keep us from doing the things that we know are God-ordained to do. Um, personal preferences can get in the way of obeying God. Fear can paralyze us. Being overwhelmed by the magnitude of what we think we, we need to accomplish can certainly, certainly stall us, if you will, all right? But the amazing thing about Nehemiah, and I, here, folks, you've got to understand, this man is talking about the city, the city of God, the place of worship. This is every, every Jew was extremely proud of Jerusalem. It meant so much spiritually to a Jewish person. It was a, it was a, a magnificent place to come and worship and experience the presence of God. And this city now is destroyed. The walls are, are torn down, knocked down. The gates are burned. It's a vulnerable place, if you will. And we can look at our neighborhood and our city and this nation and, and make all kinds of parallels to that, to the way that sin has, has come in and invaded America now and, and our own family lives and, 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 and such as that, all right? But here's, here's the man that... As he went out in the dark of the night and inspected these gates and saw what was, was the devastation of Jerusalem, it had to overwhelm him. It had to, it had to hit him hard. It, it had to, 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 to have an effect on his spirit. But here's the amazing thing about Nehemiah. He continually set his eye, his focus on the goodness of God on the goodness of God. He saw the walls realistically. He saw the gates realistically. He saw the dispersion of the people realistically. He saw the destruction around the temple realistically. He saw very, very honestly what was there and wasn't there. But all of this time of of inspecting and looking, he did not become a cynic. He did not grow cold and indifferent. He did not cave in to being overwhelmed. He continually kept his focus on the goodness of God. And there are things that we're going to see about Life Church, not just in a meeting, but but ongoing. That are things that need to be taken care of. They, they, they may be things that, that rise up that are problematic in the church. There may be issues outside that, that we, we feel that we don't even have a handle on. Or that we can't uh, figure out what to do with. Uh, there, there may be things that overwhelm you about the neighborhood. About doing ministry or particular kinds of ministry. There may be fears that grip you in the night. Just thinking about having to, to go out and, and, and share the gospel with someone. Or, or who might come in in the door or what might come in the door or what might happen in the future well what if we do this this could happen that could happen things could go wrong it could all fall apart we could grow bigger and 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 the pastors won't know us and love us anymore uh some strange person could come in here that i don't know what to do with this may cost me some more money this may deal with me in some other way i've got to deal with more of my sin issues and we go on and on and on and on it can go And all of us could get very overwhelmed lest we keep our focus on the goodness of God. And understand that it is the goodness of God that is motivating us. It is the goodness of God that is driving us. It is the goodness of God that is encouraging us. It is the goodness of God that is causing faith to rise up in us. It is the goodness of God that is affecting our decision making. It is the goodness of God that is positioning me. It is the platform whereby I not only stand, but I move and have my being. God is good. And God has called us to share that goodness in the earth. And, and we cannot hoard it. It is not our manna to be hoarded only to rot. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to be givers. We need to be generous. We need to share this goodness of God. And the first place we share it, guys, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is with one another. Let us start this good work by encouraging each other, all right? Let's make sure that we are encouraging and challenging each other in the goodness of God as we are going forward because we're all going to get overwhelmed 
in some measure or at some level. Nehemiah was indeed a man of faith, but he was also a wise man in the ways of man, all right? He knew how, how people thought. He knew how easily a plan uh, could be uh, undermined um, if it wasn't executed right and rolled out right and delivered right. Uh, he knew that there was an enemy out there who would have opposition, who would speak against the work of God. He, he, he understood all of this. And we understand this. And so we're going to try, as your leaders, we're going to try to, to bring all this down and we're going to call a number of you to, to smaller groups to, to be in committee and to talk about things and to work through things and to help us to process as we go forward so that we're all uh, not overwhelmed <laughs> with the bigger picture. And some of you will have some significant responsibilities in helping us to do that uh, along the way, even just processing. For a while, that's the first thing we're going to do, guys, is we're going to start processing now, all right? We're going to process all of these things. By the way, if you're wondering, what are you talking about, Pastor? What are these things? I don't know what these things are. I wasn't there, all right? There's, a, there's posters on the table out in the big room. You can go out there and just look at this list upon list upon list upon list of things, and you're going to see lots of little colored round dots by many of them. Those are particular areas where people voted for those particular items to be priority items uh, in terms of what we, we do and where we go as Life Church. Okay, uh, So th- that's what I'm talking about is that we are on the, we're on the same page with doing the things that God is calling us to do. And that's going to require all of us working together. And we want to roll these things out in such a manner that they are successful. We, we're not just going to jump on something and without planning and, 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 and without research and, and work, just try to make something happen and call it being led by the Spirit. We're going to be led by the Spirit. We have been led by the Spirit. We will be led by the Spirit, but we will do that with much wisdom and much understanding and much preparation as we are going forward, okay? So... Uh, He inspects the walls. And this is an honest inspecting of these broken walls. And I want to say this to you. This is something that you and I, I want to make an application back to the the personal uh, area uh, of these 21 days, is is thank you all for your honest inspection of your personal spiritual wall. Really looking at yourself and really uh, allowing God to speak into your lives. Honest inspection of the broken walls of our lives and of the church is essential if we're going to strengthen this church. And we're going to strengthen this church before we grow this church. And there are some of you that that is going to be an issue for you because some of you really probably don't want to grow this church. If we're going to be honest with each other, forthright with each other, some of you very much love the wonderful, uh, sort of small, comfortable, uh, family-oriented feel of life church. You love it so much you're not careful you're going to protect that and it's good to protect it as long as you don't protect it from God okay I'm not saying that we have to grow I'm saying if God tells us to grow we're all going to have to give up some things we're all going to have to lay down our preferences if you will see church isn't about us as much as we would love for it to be for lost people is to share the love of Jesus with people who don't know him that's what it's about okay that's that's what the church is for it it is to edify you it, it is to equip you it is to train you but ultimately to send you out so to mobilize you so everything we do whether that's putting lights outside the church or creating some kind of, of educational program for you or, or equipping you to be globally missional so you can be sent out whatever all that whatever we're doing in-house it is to be mobilized for the work of the kingdom all right so life church is does not exist for you to have a place to come and rest so you can have a place to come and rest and be revived so that you can be trained and equipped and then mobilized and sent out. In, in, in essence, in that way, we are, we are an apostolic type of church. We're a missional type of church, an apostolic, to send people out, if you will. All right, Sending people out may mean that we are a small church. You can be a small church and send a lot of people away. <laughs> or you can be a small church and send a lot of people out. Now, which would you like to be? 
all right? Which is going to please the Lord, all right? So we, we, are, are, you follow, are you tracking with me today? Are you understanding where, I, where I'm at here with you? Uh, I, I want us to be ready for what God is doing right now and get on, on board with him. So we, you, you, were, uh, you were willing to let God inspect your life. We're willing to let God inspect the church. All of this is going to strengthen the church. Uh, we'll never be as strong um, as, as God's people as we need to be if, if we're unwilling to admit where we are weak. That's something we've got to be able to do. And that's something you've got to learn to do in your own life. You know, pride will destroy you. It will keep you from letting God work in your life. And pride in a church will do the same thing. And so we've got to be willing to say, okay, I am weak, but you are strong. Work in my place of weakness. The Apostle Paul got this. He understood this. To the point that he said, you know what I'm going to glory in? My weakness. Because in that place, that's where Christ is strong. And so this is where this humility theme starts to play in here is where we are willing to say you know what there are weak places in my life there are there are gates that are burned down in my life and there are places where the enemy has an entry point and i need to build that gate up again i need to get back into the place where i am i am restored and holiness is in my life and worship true worship pure worship is happening okay So, an honest inspection of our walls is a good thing. So, thank you for the hard work many of you did. And there were numerous testimonies of of God doing this this sort of thing, all right? And and because we are there now, uh, we are capable of, of in a sense, rebuilding ourselves, if you will, uh, in in, in the place that we're in, all right? Um, I'm going to tell you, the moment we become more concerned about preserving our reputation or some kind of legacy or, or whatever, um, that's the place where we stop making the right choices and following God. So honest evaluation, a willingness to step out of your comfort place or your comfort zone, uh, that, that is a challenge for us as we are going forward. And we want to continue to challenge each other to do that. Um, I'm gonna, I just want to tell you, whether we, whether we stay a smaller group and do ministry in the neighborhood and beyond, are we grow and expand and, and we see numerical growth in life church and make an impact in some way? Um, it's not going to be a clean little church for you. It's going to be messy one way or the other. It, so, so it isn't like you have a choice. Like, like if, you, if you're hearing a message saying, just stay small, it'll be easier. Just stay small, it'll be cleaner. Just, just do this or just do that. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be easier. For, if there's a voice telling you it's going to get easier, you need to rebuke that voice. Because it's not going to happen. It shouldn't happen. We're in a war. We're pushing back powers and principalities. We're coming against spirits, demonic forces and entities. We're doing that through the power of prayer and fasting and mobilization. All right? You can pray all day, but you've only won half the battle in prayer. The other half is out there on the field doing the work of ministry. And that's where it gets messy. All right? That's where it gets messy. But that's go- that is where we are going. That is where life church is going, if you will, okay? I think we can learn from Nehemiah uh, something about the area of motivation. He inspected uh, the walls, if you will, for the purpose of rebuilding. He had, he had a, a specific purpose. There was something that was, was motivating him. Now, motivation is like, that, uh, that's defined as like a force that determines behavior. Um, so so it's, it's, it's a reason to act, it's an, it's an impetus, if you will. It's a drive. It's an inspiration. It's something that, that rises up in you and it moves you to action. It moves you to a place of doing something, all right? So, so Nehemiah, is, he, he's not a consultant. He didn't get, I said that as though that was a very derogatory thing, and it is not. It is not, okay? I, I, I don't think that came out of my mouth right, Okay? I'm not in any way dissing consulting, all right, or a consultant for anything, okay? Uh, but, but, but this is not, this is not a guy just coming in to just consult. 
Nehemiah is coming in with a motivation, an impetus within him to do something, to make a difference here. So his inspection, if you will, uh, it, it, it has a, like a critical side to it in the sense that he's looking at all the things that are wrong here, but he's looking at them with the intent that he would help build. He never came in to say, okay, I'm going to look at this and tell you all what to do, and I'll clean my hands and move along because that's what I do. Nehemiah's coming in and he's going, I got I to figure this out. I got to see what's here. I got to understand what needs to be done. Because in his heart of hearts, he already knew, I will be a part of the process. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to say a thing where I'm not willing to step up and be a part of the answer. Whoa. There are a lot of Christians in the world who have a lot of opinions about a lot of things and the way it should be done. But I'm telling you, as Life Church, we're not going to criticize our community. We're not going to criticize our neighborhood. We're not going to criticize someone on the street corner. We're going to look at what needs to be done. And we're going to speak out of a motivation to make a difference and be a part of the process to bring change. And we're going to do that knowing full well that we have the answer, which is Jesus Christ, and there is no other answer. There just isn't another answer but Jesus. So he's got this, this impetus, if you will. It's not wrong to see weaknesses. It's not wrong to see problems in the church. What we did yesterday was fabulous to bring up issues and situations and circumstances and needs and lacks and deficiencies and all those kinds of things is a very good thing. The question is, what is the goal of our inspection? Did we just get together to do a process and say, oh, well, that was interesting. Now we know how bad the church is. Or now we know what the church needs. But just sit on that? No, no, no. Constructive criticism means, it should mean, a healthy constructive criticism means that we are willing to work to make it right. That we are, we are, are going to pray, that we're going to serve, that we're going to offer our time, that we are going to be the solution to circumstances and situations. So we should inspect for the sake of building and restoring and renewing. The second thing I want to talk to you about is inspiration. Nehemiah is an excellent example of godly leadership. I, I don't have a lot to say here about this area, but I, want you to, I just want you to understand something. He, he, he defines the problem here, uh, and, he, and he completely identifies what what is going on here all right but here's what i want you to understand something about his leadership here and 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 and, and let me preface that to say by by saying this a, a lot of us when we, when we we use the term leadership we immediately go to well that's the ceo of the business uh that's the president of the institution that's the pastor of the church no a leader is a person who has influence a which we're going to bring it way down here, okay? A leader is a person who has influence. You have influence in areas of your life. You have influence in various places where you dwell and you live and you do life and you connect and you have relationship. You have influence in those places, all right? And so we're, we're, going, to, we're going to look at all of us in that sense of having some level of leadership in the sense that we, we have influence. Now, here's what I want you to see about the beauty of, of Nehemiah's leadership um, and this is, is, is in verses uh, 17 through, through 20 here where, where we see this. And it's, it's really a, a very, very powerful thing here. Nehemiah um, defines the problem. And then he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say, this is your trouble that you are in. He uses a wonderful term here that's inclusive of himself. He says, here's the trouble we are in. Please, Life Church, don't stay on the outside. Don't put yourself out there and look in. You know what? There's not a one of you here. Here's the wor- one of the worst experiences that I have ever encountered in my life. All right? As a little boy, playing ball, two people are chosen to be captains, and they choose to the people who are going to play on their team. Each one gets a choice, the other gets a choice, then there's another choice, another choice, another choice, another choice. 
playing ball and seeing the little boy who didn't get chosen. And he stands outside the fence on the outside of the ball diamond and his fingers are up in the fence just standing there. His face is pushed into the fence and he stands there and he watches the whole game. But he's always on the outside. When the game is over, he walks away. He wasn't a part. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're not chosen. Don't, don't believe that lie that you don't fit or you don't belong or you can't be a part. We need all of life, church. The kingdom of God needs all of the body of Christ. And we can all do so much more together. You've always heard me say this. We can all do so much more together than any one of us could do alone. And I don't know what what lie the devil might try to tell you. And it comes in all shapes and forms and fashions and colors and creeds and whatever. No. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and you are a part of Life Church, you need to get on board. You need to get on board. And we, I want you to understand that. We want you involved. We want you a part of this process. I, I don't want you standing on the outside thinking you weren't chosen and you're just looking in and watching what's going on and you feel as though you don't belong. If you're feeling like you're in that kind of place, then Jesus is your answer, obviously, but I will be there to help you. I, come to me. Talk to me. Let's walk, let's walk inside the ball filled together. You don't have to walk in alone. And if the pastors intimidate you, heaven forbid, but if they do for some reason, then find another brother or sister and walk in with them. Just come in. Get used to it. Start. There's a starting place for you. The greatest good of godly leadership is to call and inspire others to fulfill God's will, to, 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 to seek God, to obey God, to trust God, to glorify Him. And I think that's what Nehemiah is doing. He is trying to call the people together to do this good work. All right? So I'm not, I'm not asking you to come up with a title for yourself. I'm not asking you to look for a position. I'm asking you to be influential. And be a part of this work that God is doing. The last thing I want to talk to you about is mobilization. Um, in, in chapter 3 of the book of Nehemiah, this is the people rise up and they start building. They start the work of building, all right? And this is a really, really powerful image, I think, of what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to look like. Uh, and that is that people are side by side, every member playing their part, every member doing their part. That's the way it should be. That's the way we need to be working, all right? And, 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 and so the question is, how, do, how does this... this imagery speak to our own participation especially us in life church today we see nehemiah and 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 he he sees the problem he identifies with the problem he includes himself in the solution he becomes a part of the solution is willing to lead at whatever capacity god wants him to lead at which in his case is quite high all right but but there were others there there were many many people and he's saying here's the here's the work that needs to be done but he constantly brought the people not to just the work and the condition that needed to be done but to the goodness of god this is god's good hand upon us this is what god has done now will you do this work with me and they said let's rise and build let's rise and build okay so he was able to get a yes all right but here's the key. I don't, I don't, like Nehemiah, I don't want to stand up here today and be satisfied with the nod of your head, the smile of your lip. All right? That's good. Thank you. I appreciate the affirmation. But that's not where I'm going. It, this isn't about me. All right? This is about you and I mobilizing to do the actual work of having influence and effect on our community and, and making a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I want you to understand there is in the midst of what Nehemiah is doing a great diversity. Priests are working alongside goldsmiths and perfumers and whatever. Civic leaders and laborers and are, are next to farmers, all right? There's a, there's a whole kind of diversity that's going on here. But the people are working. And I want to tell you that that is something we have to grab a hold of as God's church. 
Life Church, folks, is one of the most eclectic churches I have ever been in in my entire life. We are, some people would call us a motley crew. I mean that in the most wonderful terms of endearment. All right? And some people would say, wow, for a small group, you are really diverse. That's a little bit more heady, but truthful. And we are. But that's the beauty, that's one of the great beauties, and I think strengths and attributes of life church. And I would love, I, I don't want to puff us up, and I don't want to be proud about this, but I would love for Life Church to be a forerunner in showing the rest of this predominantly white Midwest culture in Sioux Falls, affluent culture in Sioux Falls, what it's like for such diversity to come together and work and make a difference and have an impact. I think it speaks to the body of Christ. I think it speaks to, 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 to Christ himself. And so, so while, while, while many people worked on the wall opposite their own home even, there were others that came from outside the city and they worked on various parts of this wall here and it didn't, get this, it didn't benefit them directly. So I don't want you outside looking in thinking you haven't been chosen. And when you get in, I want you to be a part even though you are different than someone else in some way or other. But I also want you to understand that there will be some things that you will be required to do in life church that will not benefit you directly. You won't, it's not going to get you anything, but God is going to be glorified and our influence is going to be felt and we're going to make a difference in the world because we are joining together and we're side by side. And we don't all come from the same places. We all don't come from the same ways. Good heavens, you've got a pastor from South Georgia who can't talk very well. Who tells you weird stories and you all just go, huh? Because culturally you have no idea what I'm talking about. And I have to back up and reframe it. But we're here we're together. There's a sense that God is doing something and He's calling us to get away from those things that we could let the enemy use to tell us we don't fit in in some way or other. It's a really helpful, I think, reminder that we are to help strengthen parts of the church even when it's not of an immediate personal benefit to us. And so some of you may work in areas or be asked to work in areas and you're just going, I don't really want to do that. Okay, that's fine. Just do it anyway. <laughs> they work together. We've got to close. But they work together. Over and over in this chapter, we read the phrase, and next to him, and next to him, and next to him, and next to him, you see it again and again and again in here. There are people who have come next to one another. And they are working there in that place with each other. And a record, a record production took place. And this wall was built in record time. And the enemy was, was just put back. Here's what we need to understand and we need to remember. We need the same reminder that oftentimes was given. Uh, someone was telling me this morning, they did a study in Nehemiah and they were, they were quite right. Again and again and again, Nehemiah rehearsed the vision. Again and again and again, Nehemiah was telling them what they're doing. Over and over. Every few days, Nehemiah would come back and say, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. We're, this is our work. This is our work. This, this is what we're going to and they were able to, to complete this, this work, all right? And, and, and we need, we need this, this same kind of reminder in the church. And, and the way I package it to you is we're building something together, folks. See, the thing is, I, I don't know exactly what that looks like completely. I, I don't know exactly where we're going. I mean, I don't know if we're going to stay small church sending a whole lot of people out on the mission field and being more Moravian-like and, and being crazy about prayer and all that stuff. Or, or, or are we going to grow and, and be a much larger church and have to build 
expansion of facilities to accommodate all of that and, and, and have a, a major effect within our own community. I, I don't know what life church is going to look like. I really don't. But I know this, neither way is going to happen unless we are together. And so that's where we're at. We're on this verge, if you will. We're on, we're on this, this precipice, if you will, of just jumping off in abandonment to God and saying, I'm going with you. I'm, I'm going to do this. And, 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 and we, we have to do this together, okay? That, that will give so much more meaning, such, so much greater meaning to the labor that we're engaged in if we realize that we're doing this together and that, we, that we're following God. And our little part of the wall matters to the whole. And if you don't build your little part that matters to the whole, there's going to be some holes in the wall. And that will not be good. Do you understand? I've taken up all your time here. Let me, let me give you a couple of points of application here. And, and then uh, Corey's going to come and talk to you for a minute, share the gospel with you, okay? Here, here's what I want you to get today. Honestly inspecting the broken walls in our lives and in the church, as we said, is essential to strengthening the church. All right. I want to ask you something. Where is God? Where is God calling you? to honestly and humbly inspect the walls of your life. And what do you need to deal with and work through with God so that you are whole and healthy to do the work that God has given us to do? It may be a relationship with the Lord. It may be a relationship with friends. It may be marriage stuff. It may be parenting stuff. It may be stuff at work, whatever. But what is it that God is asking you to deal with? And maybe just give to Him so that you can do the work that you need to do. That is one thing. I want you this week to, to really prayerfully work through that. What are your motives in being a part of this church? Where is, where is your heart in terms of being obedient to the call of God to go and make disciples in our neighborhood and beyond? The third thing is, after Nehemiah inspected the walls, he used his experience of God's grace, God's goodness, to influence and inspire others. All right? Where are you capable of inspiring others? And how will you go about doing that? In and out of life church. But in particular, how can you encourage and inspire others in life church? to this good work that God is calling us to do. And what would that look like for you? How, how might you draw attention to God's goodness and God's grace? What can you do to bring people's focus back to God? And then lastly, the diversity of laborers in rebuilding the wall. That was a, a big principle here in, in Nehemiah's time. How, how does that look for us as Life Church, where every member is working? And if not, why not? Why are we not working together? Why are we not in this together? And so then the question is, ultimately at the end of it all, have you taken your place on the wall? Are you next to the person you need to be next to? And are you doing what needs to be done to see the work of God completed? These are questions for you to wrestle with and answer.